Could we turn to Revelation 16? So chapter 16 of the book of Revelation. We come today to the sixth vial, the sixth bowl of judgment. The Lord is cleaning up the earth. He's rescuing planet earth from the destruction, the pollution that the devil has wrought for thousands of years. And he's preparing the earth and the heavens for his reign, the millennial reign, a a literal 1,000-year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ from Jerusalem. So that's where it's all headed, folks, as we think about these vials. So you be encouraged if you're one of his own today that you have a great future. You're going to reign with him. Even as our opening hymn today reminded us, our God reigns and, and, we, and we shall reign with him, those of us who are redeemed. So let's read about this sixth vial in Revelation chapter 16, verse 12. 12th verse, please, Revelation 16, reading down to the end of verse 16. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. And the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth And of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. So let's think about these armies this morning that are headed for the river Euphrates. And that brings me to the first thought today, how these armies will be delayed. Or perhaps I should say how these armies are being delayed. You see, look at verse 12 of Revelation chapter 16. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. And the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. So here you have these kings or rulers from the east. That means Asia. You're talking now about countries like China and Russia and India and Japan, that area of the world. And they rise up and they march toward the dividing point between east and west, which is the great river Euphrates. And their armies are massed and marching with them. But notice that they're delayed. There is a hindrance here, you see. This river Euphrates, 
The great river that's mentioned um, in the Bible. It's mentioned in the account of creation before sin is recorded, before the Holy Spirit records man's fall. He records about the, the, the fact that there were four rivers in the Garden of Eden. Four rivers that flowed out of the Garden of Eden. And when we, when we talk about Eden, don't think about your back garden. Where you have your flower beds and where the children have their trampoline or whatever. It's not talking about a, a garden as we know it. This was a vast area. Eden was a vast area, more like a, a country than a garden. And throughout this vast region in the Middle East that the Lord created, there were, there were four rivers flowing through it to water it. And one of them was Euphrates. Of course, the river Euphrates has a connection to the fall of Babylon, not only at the end times, but, but in the Old Testament scriptures as well. Because you remember whenever Babylon fell. You remember Daniel 5, Belshazzar was having a party, a mega party we would call it. He had a false sense of security. The walls of Babylon were so thick but the enemy was too smart for him. And in the midst of his revelry, when he was, as we would say, stocious drunk, he was no doubt that drunk, he couldn't have bit his finger. And that's when the enemy got in. See, the people out there think, oh, it's great to have a party and the booze and the drugs and sniff this and snort that and all the rest of it. They're in the devil's clutches. We live in a world that parties non-stop. Night and day. There's people today haven't got out of their beds because they were partying last night. Partied all night. If only they knew what danger they're in. But Belshazzar's having a party. And Darius and the Medes, they come in and they divert the waters of the river. What river was it? The river Euphrates. They diverted the waters of the river Euphrates. And they entered into the city of Babylon on the dry riverbed. Isn't it interesting that at the end of the age... Before the Lord Jesus comes back to reign for a thousand years, that Euphrates is going to be dried up again. Not by an invading army, this time, no, no. By the Lord. The Lord's going to dry up the Euphrates River. Could I say that he has already begun to do so? Let me read to you a news article. Images captured, now this is the 31st of August this year, this news article. Images captured on the banks of the Euphrates reveal that a large part of the river has dried up. These areas which were once a source of life for the region have now become arid lands. 
The images taken at the second largest dam in Syria show that the waters of the river have decreased significantly. And the article goes on. I'll not bore you with the rest of it. But the the, the river Euphrates is already drying up. Prophecy is being fulfilled. Isn't it exciting? Some people uh, think it's scary. Oh, the things that are happening today, they're scary. They're not scary for those who know Christ. If you're born again and washed in his blood... With all your problems, your warts, your struggles, your failures, you're still washed in his blood. Your name is written in heaven. You don't have to be scared. These are not scary times that we're living in, folks. These are exciting times. Isn't God good that he would allow us to be born and to live during a a period in the history of this world when prophecy is being fulfilled? How good is the God we adore? And the river uh, Euphrates is being dried up even today. You won't hear it on the rotten mainstream media. They'll not tell you things like that. They're more interested in scaring the living daylights out of you. But this is uh, what you'll find in the Word of God, which is far more important than any news station. The armies are delayed at the river until the Lord starts to dry up the river. The Lord's in control of the waters of the earth, you know. Rivers, lakes, seas, the whole lot. You hear a lot of talk today about sea levels rising, don't you? Oh, because of climate change, sea levels are rising. We're going to be inundated with, with the sea. Well, first thing I say, I say in response to that is, why are so many of the global elites buying mansions at the, the seaside, at the coast, at the beach? That's the first thing to say. But then the second thing and the more important thing to say is, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 5. Jeremiah chapter 5. The Old Testament. The fifth chapter of Jeremiah. And verse... 22, Jeremiah Jeremiah 5, verse 22. Fear ye not me, saith the Lord. Will ye not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree that it cannot pass it? Hallelujah. And though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet can they not prevail. Though they roar, yet can they not pass over it. Sea levels rising, glaciers melting. Jeremiah 5:22. See the waters down at Benoan and Port Stewart and Port Rush and 
forever. Those waters cannot pass the sand unless the Lord permits them to do so. He's in control. So, child of God, don't be alarmed today by those who are part of the climate change religion. You heard me right, it is a religion. And it's a very dangerous religion, let me add. How these armies are delayed and the why these armies are deluded. They're delayed, but then they're deluded as well. Verse 13, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. And then the wonderful words of the Lord Jesus, words in red, maybe in your Bible, verse 15. Behold, I come as a thief. When does a thief come? He comes when you're not expecting him. Do you think he's going to come when you go back home after church today? (laughs) He wouldn't be much of a thief if he did. It's all about the element of surprise, you see, with the thief and with a burglar. And when you're not expecting him or her, and when you're not ready for him or her, they will come. The Lord is coming like a thief. Well, there's going to be a lot of people are surprised and shocked. Talk about a panic attack when Jesus comes. And the panic attack will be all the worse if the individual has heard the gospel even once, but it'll be ten times worse, a hundred times worse if they've heard the gospel numerous times, but yet they let the opportunity slip through their fingers like sand. Behold, I come as a thief. There's no reason, of course, for anybody in the service today to be taken by surprise when the Lord comes. You've heard the gospel. There's no reason for anybody who has ever been in this church down through the last, what is it, 37 years now. Every person who's passed through the doors of this church in and out, whether it's a wedding, funeral, Sunday service, dedication, whatever. No excuse. No excuse for them to be caught out by the Lord when he comes. Now, the, Lord, the Lord doesn't say that he is a thief. He says he's going to be like a thief. The devil is the thief. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. John chapter 10. But the Lord Jesus in his coming and his return. He's going to be like a thief. And he says blessed is he that watcheth. 
and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. <clears throat> the church needs to be watching today. In other words, we need to be vigilant. We need to be sober. We need to be wide awake. We need to watch and pray. A whole lot of Christians are the opposite today. They're all, if they're not asleep, they're almost asleep. And then when you try to wake them, you're the worst in the world. <laughs> Leave me alone. Let me sleep for a wee while longer. You know, like trying to get somebody up out of bed. And they're fond of blanket cathedral. A lot of Christians are fast asleep today. It's Laodicea, you know. The lukewarm church. The world loves the church. It's the kind of church the world loves. Because it's lukewarm. But it's the church, it's the kind of church that Christ hates. And he says to the church today, in 2022, the Western church, the church in the developed nations, he says, I am sick of you. You make me sick. Cause for repentance, isn't it? Tell you if ever the church in the West needed to repent, it's today. And even as individuals, don't we have to get before the Lord as we come to his table today and say, forgive me, Lord, for the ways that I have let you down. I have done that which I ought not to have done. I have left undone that which I ought to have done. But then the Lord wants you to look forward and to get your eyes in front of you and to say, Lord, the past is the past. You deal with it. You put it onto the blood. Now, Lord, help me to make the best of the time that I've left, however long or short that will be. But why are these armies in Revelation 16 deluded as we finish? Why are they deluded? Well, it speaks there of unclean spirits. In verse 13, the three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. There's a whole lot of deception here going on. There's a whole lot of propaganda being being uh, used the dragon, who's that? That's the devil. He's behind this propaganda at the end times, this deception. The, the beast, that's, we call him the Antichrist, better known as the Antichrist. The, in other words, the, the political ruler of the world, he's the one in charge of the one world government. And then the false prophet, he's in charge of the one world religion. So between them, this holy, unholy trinity, 
You have the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Here's the unholy Trinity. And they're, they're involved in this great delusion. But of course the Lord's in control of it all. He's in control of the dragon, the beast, the false prophet. He's in control of the unclean spirits that come out of their mouths. You see, the powers of hell are under the foot of Christ. Hallelujah. How these armies are delayed, why these armies are deluded. Then, lastly, where these armies are deployed. Verse 16. And he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. China's army, Russia's army, India's army, Japan's army, all these armies, millions, 200 million of them, a vast army. The Lord puts his lead on them, as it were, you know, if you have a dog and you take the dog for a lead, you have to get the, you get, make sure the collar's on. Connect your lead to the collar. Away you go. These armies are on a lead. You know the times the dog wants to go one way. But you want to go the other. And you got to show the dog who's boss. The Lord has these kings of the earth. These armies on a lead. He's drawing them to Armageddon. These rebels they hit. Christ, they despise the one who died and rose again. They have no time for his gospel. They would kill him if they could. But all the while, he has them on his lead, this risen, wonderful Savior. And he brings them to this place called Armageddon that the whole world knows about. If they know nothing else about the Bible, they've heard of Armageddon in, in, the, in the Holy Land. Do you know in the original what it actually means? Do you know the meaning of Armageddon? Hill of slaughter. Hill of slaughter. Ah, there's coming a day when there's going to be a great slaughter on the mountains of Israel. The blood's going to flow. There's going to be a great supper for the birds, the birds of prey. The enemies of the Lord will be destroyed. You see, the Bible speaks about great suppers. You read in the Gospel of Luke of a great supper that was prepared, but people made excuses. That's the Gospel. When the Gospel is preached fallen man just his his default thing to do is to make excuses why he will not become a christian and then there's a great supper in revelation chapter 19 armageddon when the enemies of christ are defeated the birds of the air come and they feast in this great supper but then we come today to another great supper. All made possible because of another Armageddon, another hill of slaughter. For Jesus, 
went outside the gate of the city of Jerusalem and he suffered without the gate and shed his blood that we might be saved and be able to come to this great supper today. Thank God for that hill of slaughter. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. He died a violent death on our behalf. O Lord, cause thankfulness to well up in our hearts today as your people, as we come to this great supper. And we pray, Lord, that you'll have mercy on any, perhaps who are here today, who do not know Christ. And they will not come to communion. And indeed, why would they? Because they're not even saved. Lord, we pray for them today. We thank you that before we were saved, someone prayed for us. And we pray for them today, that they may be saved. Lord, linger with us as we wait around your table today. And uh, be with uh, and go with those who must leave us. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.